son of a bitch is dug in like an Alabama tick. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Oh. Okay. You got time to duck? Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 63. I'm your host Larry and with me today as usual, not always, but as usual, is Jessalyn. Hello. And we got a few things we want to talk about today. A lot of TV shows, it seems like. At least there's two. We, um, yeah. Yeah. Mostly it's just TV shows for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. one of the more popular ones going around right now and this is the end of January of uh, 2019, is the Ted Bundy Netflix documentary called uh, Conversations with the Killer, the Ted Bundy Tapes. And I, before this, I really didn't know all that much about Ted Bundy, but you knew all about him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he is the most notorious serial killer ever in the right, United States. Right, yes. It's my opinion, but... Right. It's backed up by a lot of facts. <laughs> yes. And you, I mean, you've, yeah, you've known about him for a very long time, it mm-hmm. seems like. So you, you like the serial killers, or you, you, I'm not saying you like them right. as like, yeah, like, oh, they're great, but you, you are very interested in the serial killer and like kind of, you wonder what makes them tick and, and just all the other things with it. Absolutely. It's a, like a know your enemy type of thing. A lot of women are really into true crime, and I think maybe that's why. I don't know. I feel conflicted a lot because a lot of people now are complaining about how you glorify murderers, and I completely understand that, and I'm against glorifying the murderer, and I did start to feel a little bit weird about that, in the, or at least like the responses to this conversations with a killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. Mm-hmm. My, I don't know, my response is to be informed about, you know, how horrible men can be, not... Oh, he's so Not sexy. like, yeah, crowning, <laughs> this crowning achievement of killing almost 60 women. Like, yeah. no. So, yeah, it's it's kind of, that conversation has come up with that new Zac Efron movie. Um, yes. With him playing as, as Ted Bundy. And it's actually directed by the same guy, Joe Berlinger, who you would probably know from the Paradise Lost documentaries. And mm-hmm. I believe he, him and his partner, I forgot his partner's name, who died a little while ago. Oh. They also directed Blair Witch 2. Oh. So, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it. That movie's underrated. <laughs> Especially after we saw like these little documentaries on YouTube about how a lot of stuff was cut from that movie and was changed. Yeah. And it... Yeah, it was it was totally messed up. <laughs> it was always a guilty pleasure of mine. I'd seen it dozens of times. I, I've seen it a few times too. <laughs> I remember I bought it on DVD when it came out, and I actually had the soundtrack to it. Oh, <laughs> I bet it's pretty good. It actually. was a bunch of heavy metal bands. It wasn't. It was those back in my heavy metal days, right. which I still listen to heavy metal mm-hmm. too. Not as much anymore. I mostly listen to movie soundtracks. Right. So um, not even like the. With 
like songs by artists more with just the score usually i like to listen mm-hmm. to i don't like lyrics all that much anymore no and you singing, don't <laughs> not too much maybe a few cases but no i, I kind of just i like the you know just the the music going on and i can just kind of you know just make my own songs i guess or just you know just <laughs> make up your own words yeah you exactly. like to do that. yeah and fuck i do that and there's no music playing anyway so. <laughs> So what were you, I watch true crime documentaries all the time, but you don't. So no. what were your feelings about this? It's a mini series, right? It was good. It was really good. Yeah, I I liked it a lot. It's unfortunate that he never really confessed. He didn't, but he did. He did, but he didn't. He was never like I did this, this, and this. He was right. more like if I were to do this, <laughs> right? And I. I thought, I'm not going to learn anything new from this miniseries. I was totally wrong. These are tapes that no one has ever heard before. Right, yeah. And I was always under the impression Silence of the Lambs is based on Ted Bundy because Ted Bundy was informing police officers, profiling serial killers. Right. And I was always under the impression that he had confessed to his crimes finally before he was executed and was profiling serial killers. Mm-hmm. But that's not what he was doing at all. No. He was confessing to his crimes... In, like, the third person. Right, Like, yeah. profiling serial killers, which was <laughs> insane. Yes. It was very interesting, yeah. Well, I can't wait to see this Zac Efron movie coming out. I'm looking forward to it. He looks... I mean, Zac Efron is an incredibly handsome man. Yeah. So was Ted Bundy. And um, movies and TV glorify everyone. I know, I know. It, and it, I'm it, curious. It, 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 glorifies prostitution and and pimps and all sorts of crap and no one has a problem with that right. you know i'm hoping that this isn't really a glorification i mean i'm sure they're going to delve into what a horrible monster right. Ted bundy was exactly and he's yeah he's a good looking guy and yeah. usually are forever i guess you know they're Serial killers were never thought of as like good looking men or Yeah. Or, and after Ted Bundy they're pretty much profiled as like white males age twenty five to thirty five. Right. Lower so to middle class. Just opened up everyone's eyes to say, yeah. Hey, anyone can be a serial killer, there isn't a look for it. It just so happens well, that there's... this guy had a, a, a fucking <laughs> a good look a good look and he could talk his way out of stuff and he was very charming. So. Yeah, I mean, it's taught me, I mean, reading up about serial killers, watching documentaries about serial killers, when I walk down the street at night, I'm scared of nondescript white men aged 25 to 35. Those are the ones that you need to be scared of. <laughs> Those are the ones who are going to serial murder you. So don't, but don't you think that kind of tricks you, though, into thinking, okay, that's just the person I should be afraid of? And don't you think you just didn't learn from this this documentary that, Anyone can be a serial killer, though. No, I don't think that I learned that anybody can be a serial killer. I you think just, that I learned that... I think that I all... The grand majority of serial killers that have been caught or named have been white men. In yeah, between 25 and 35. 25 and 35. Okay. Not all. I know not, not all. all. I know, I know. I'm not saying... I'm, that's what I'm not trying to get at here. I'm just Black saying... Black serial killers are pretty rare. Uh-huh. Female serial killers are very rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just they, yeah, exactly. Our next little series that we watched was the second season of Future Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the first season a lot. Uh, it cracked me up. This season was a bit more serious. Yeah. Uh, it went in. It totally left like the past of like the eighties and everything, and it moved on from there, which I liked. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again for this series, right? So now they're in the future that they 
um, ended up somewhat saving in a way, but not really. It just right. was done by an even worse person. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of way worse. <laughs> so uh, it spends all the time in this future, for the most part, until the last episode, which is starting for the new season, which is uh, takes place even farther in the future. So they're changing things up and not going in the same direction every time. They kind of took mostly took out the whole fish out of water kind of thing for our characters of uh, of wolf and tiger. Yeah. So they're a little more accustomed to I don't know humanity because mm -hmm. wolf spent a lot of time in the eighties and nineties and tiger learned a bit more humanity from. The person, um, the mother of the person they're supposed to kill in the first one. Right. She goes back to kill him as a baby and ends up helping raise him. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, they're a lot more humanized in this. So, yeah. yeah, it moves the story forward. And we're not rehashing the same things that we saw in the first season. Uh, it wasn't as funny, though. I didn't laugh as much. Because no. it was a lot more serious. Which I can appreciate that. I, can, I still liked it. Yeah. yeah, I liked it too. Not as much as the first season. But I'm happy they are going in different directions with this. Me too. <laughs> I'm really I'm curious about next season. Um, I lamented Josh Hutcherson isn't in this season very much. No, he, he isn't. He is, but the main characters are definitely Tiger and Wolf right, in right. this season. But yeah, it was still enjoyable. Yeah. I um, hope it gets another season. Probably will. I think it will. It seems like it was it's pretty popular. I guess yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, we saw Josh Hutcherson on a TV show, I want to say, like Seth Meyers or something. I think Seth Meyers, yeah. Right, so, mm -hmm. and that's where I first heard about it, and then you just started watching it, and I jumped right in. It had been recommended to me for a while, and I was just like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Seth Rogen, mm, I can take him or leave him, honestly. <laughs> he's, he can be a hit, a lot of times he's a total miss for me. <laughs> Is it because of Franco? No, but that did not help. <laughs> it's the dick jokes. It's the excessive dick jokes. They do a lot of vagina jokes in there, too. They do vagina jokes, and you uh, laughed at them, and I you were did. even like, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but I am. I was, like, desensitized to it by then, I think. <laughs> think it's funny, laugh. All right. Now, you saw this movie finally. You, um, I remember talking with you about this before we went and saw Cinepocalypse, because they were playing this at the theater. It was mm -hmm. called... Three Identical Strangers. It's about uh, 1980 New York where three young men who are all adopted meet each other and find out they're triplets who were separated six at, when they were six months old. Mm -hmm. uh, but their quest to find out why turns into like a bizarre and sinister mystery. Yeah, so I've been wanting to watch this. It was finally available to rent or buy on Amazon, so I rented it. And it's really interesting. I mean, they find each other by total accident. Um, one of them goes to a community college and there are guys coming up to him and like high-fiving him and women coming up to him and kissing him and he's like oh no any of these people yeah. and he discovers that he has yeah he's part of triplets but the the more interesting part i'm just gonna spoil yeah, go it. for it it turns out that they were part of this huge study that this orphanage was doing on uh triplets so they're born from the same mother they have the same DNA, and you separate them. You separate them, and you one of them, one of these triplets was in a lower income family. One of them was middle class, and one of them was like an upper middle class. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to see will they still be the same? Will they still have things in common right. when they never knew each other and they were raised in completely with completely different economic backgrounds and family backgrounds? 
And the answer was, it was nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. And the answer was kind of yes and no. Nurture definitely beats out nature. Um, The whole point of the documentary, though, is that this study was really evil. It is. Separating (laughs) these children from each other, never knowing that, you know, you had brothers. Right, That's a horrible thing to do. And I also learned that I would probably be a diabolical scientist because I was like, I really want to hear what the results of this study were. (laughs) I think this is a really interesting study, even though it's totally evil. And the saddest part about it is that it was never published. They didn't do anything with this study so you separated these poor boys from each other um and their lives do not end up going well i won't spoil that part but it's really sad i cried a lot oh that's yeah uh so yeah (laughs) three identical strangers it's a crazy fucking story yeah i'm interested in it i i'll check it out at some point yeah Uh, i'll watch it again if you want to okay yeah one of these days if i'm up to it watching Mm -hmm. a bunch of triplets getting fucked over yeah. They were also in, I think, Who's That Girl? I think that's what they showed a clip of. That's the, like, Madonna's first movie vehicle, isn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> they, she, they don't have any lines. She just passes by them and they all leer at her. Because they were, like, a big deal in the 90s. They were hitting all the talk shows. Madonna uh, met them and she was like, be in my movie. Huh. So, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Totally they show a clip. By. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Great on this one. Oh, an A. It's so interesting. There's no story anything like this. All right, well, got a lot of cool stuff to watch. Yeah. I say watch those Ted Bundy tapes. Yeah. Try not to fall in love with them too much, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> Don't do that. But I, he fascinates me. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very fascinating guy. It's, yeah. God. And just, I mean, not just that. It's, <laughs> I don't know, like... Detective work has changed so much in the yes. last 40 years. Like, he, right now, he would be a really sloppy, terrible serial killer. But back yes. then, there oh. was no way. They had nothing. Right, yeah. He was stopped on a traffic violation. Right, like, yeah. They had nothing. <clears throat> yeah. Escaped prison twice? Twice! <laughs> Once he killed three women. Right, Almost yeah. five. Right, yeah. yeah. And they finally come, yeah, they, they pulled him over. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, no one recognized him. No. No one. They And <clears throat> people kept saying he would grow a beard or he would cut his hair or he would part it the other way and look like a totally different person. And I guess it's just because I've seen his face so much. That right. It's like, really? How? Mm. Nondescript white men, age 25 to 35. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I'm three years past of murdering people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.
Our movie of the week is the 1983 horror movie Mausoleum, directed by Michael Dugan. The plot is, um, traumatized by her mother's death, young Susan is becoming possessed by the same demon that possessed her mother before she died. More and more, her husband and psychiatrist are noticing the strange changes. Oh, Susan. Um, <laughs> there isn't really isn't any actors in, in this movie that stand out to me too much. But there is one. We'll get to that person mm-hmm. later on. <clears throat> so, Mausoleum. This is one of the movies I remember going... Um, I remember seeing later on in life. And I, I had missed it when I was younger. And it looked interesting to me throughout time, and I just never watched it. And I actually found out it was one of the video nasties. Um, wow. Yeah. Huh, okay. Exactly, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the England's fucked. Anyway. <laughs> well, that was nothing, England, come on. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was one of the video nasties, and it just always, it always skipped by me until finally, about a year ago, I saw that it was on Amazon Prime, and I was like, all right, gonna check this movie out. And, of course, a year passed, and I still haven't checked it out. And I was like, you know, I'm going to make it a movie of the week so we can finally get this movie out of the way. I knew nothing about it, and it was different from what I thought it was going to be. So, wait, I'm sorry. Mm. You saw this before we watched it together? No, 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 no. Okay. I've never, I've never I thought, seen it. No. Okay. I misunderstood. Yeah, never seen this movie, and I, yeah, I had no idea what it was about. I thought it was going to be a bunch of people trapped in a mausoleum, like a haunted <laughs> house thing. And it I was wish not. it were. Because... <laughs> The mausoleum is barely in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's the beginning and the end for the most part. But it is where it all it all happens. Right, exactly. Yeah. So Susan, um, this young girl, must be like... A, they say she's 10 in the movie when it first starts out. And she's in the cemetery because her mother died. And she's with her aunt. And her aunt tells her, you know, once you turn 30, you're going to get the inheritance. And you're going to live with me now. And... Susan, young Susan's like, no, I don't want to live with you. And she runs and she goes to the mausoleum uh, the first time we see it. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like possessed. Um, that's pretty much all we find out from there. Then 20 years later, she's married to this guy and everything mm-hmm. seems to be going well. And big, beautiful house. Big, beautiful house. She's 30 years old now, but... The actress looks like she's about 40. I mean, she's beautiful. Yeah. But I I guess I clocked her at around 44. And I, <laughs> up, and I did the math and she's 36. So I'm Oh, we were a lot. She was 36. 36. How old was the guy? Cause I, didn't, I didn't look that That up. guy looked like he was pushing 45. Yeah, definitely. Like her husband. Was, <laughs> Much was, older. Yeah. yeah. Still beautiful, but I, like 44 beautiful is what yeah. I thought. She had some years on her, it looked like a little She's, bit, yeah. Yeah, maybe she had some <laughs> Cocaine was on that grave for her in the late 70s, and disco was kicking her ass. So, Bobby, Bobby Breezy, Breezy. Bre- yeah, yeah, and the lead guy, his name's, um, the character's name's Oliver, but his real name is Marjo Gortner. Yeah, what kind of name is that? It's not, it's an anagram for, I don't know. Oh, Green milk or something. <laughs> so of course, um, we, we she's possessed throughout the movie, and these guys keep kind of leering at her, and like any guy who leers at her, she ends up like using her her uh, mausoleum powers, de- demonic powers on them, and then they either like um, like they die. Yeah. So like her first victim is um, 
when her and Marjo, a.k.a. Oliver, <laughs> are... Uh, Oliver's like, I'm sorry, baby, we haven't been spending much time together. Let's go out. Let's go to, Let's go clubbing tonight. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we haven't spent much time together, so yeah, let's go to a crowded fucking club so we, <laughs> we can sweat all over a bunch of other people. So they go to the club, and this dude is... You know, they're, um, these, they're having their drinks, hanging out for, like, a minute. Yeah. And then, like, this Grizzly Adams-looking guy at the bar, like, checks her out, uh, Susan. Mm-hmm. And, like, his girlfriend or wife or whatever, like, hits him. She's like, what are you looking at? You're supposed to be paying attention to me tonight. He's like, I'm not looking at anything. I'm just looking at the dance floor. And she ends up leaving him. And then, of course, <laughs> he was checking her out, you know? Right. So, um... He when he actually confronts her when uh, Oliver goes to answer. Like, he got a phone call at the club. Like, who the fuck knew he was at this club? Right. So he gets a phone call there, and he goes to answer, and this Grizzly Adams dude's all drunk, and he tries to hit on her and grab her and everything, and she's not having it. So what happens at clubs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But this club, you know, wasn't like clubs today. No. It looked like there was like 20, 30 people in there just kind of just... Dancing a little bit, having a few drinks. You know, yeah. it was really mellow in there. There so. were places to sit. There was room on the dance floor. Right. Because I made the joke like, hey, honey, let me take you out to a place where a bunch of strangers rub their dicks all over you on the <laughs> dance floor. That's what clubbing has been like for me. <laughs> this was a whole different kind of club. I think that's <laughs> clubbing for everyone because guys get their dicks... I mean, get their get rubbed down by dicks too. They just don't know it. Right. Everybody's everyone's dick is touching everyone. Everything else at the club. <laughs> See, dick humor. It's funny. See, look at your funny when I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so they leave. Uh, Oliver and Susan leave the club, and the Grizzly Adams dude follows kind of afterward, and he bumps into her purposely, mm-hmm. and then Oliver like started, it was like the worst fight I've ever seen on, t- on, a, on a movie ever. Like, they kind of just pushed each other around a plant. And, then the, and this guy, the Grizzly Adams dude is, is drunk, so he goes and he walks to his car, and I'm like, oh great, let the drunk guy drive away. <laughs> he starts his car up, and it starts it, it starts uh, on fire, like the back seat. And it's Susan. She, like, has, like, these green eyes, yeah. and she's, like, focusing on him, and his car explodes. But Oliver tries to help the dude out, even though he grabbed his old lady. So he, he's there tugging, like, the handle yeah. of the door, and Grizzly Adams is freaking out, forgetting how to roll down windows. And, yeah. and so then the car explodes, and he's dead. Because of all the kerosene in the trunk. Yeah, he, he was a kerosene dealer on a side <laughs> job. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, it was a traumatic experience. And didn't they go home and fuck after that? I think so. No, I think they fucked before. Maybe before. We had a lot of fun at this movie's expense. Yes, not saying it was a good movie. I was more focused on making jokes about it. Yes. (laughs) So the next morning, everything's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. some guys are crispy. (laughs) And they own this huge house. It's nearly a mansion. I'm like, what does he do? It's beautiful, Like, what does he do for a living? Oh, no, you're... Right. What did he do? Like, I don't, I don't remember what he did. I guess it doesn't really matter. I don't know what he did. But she didn't do shit. Like, yeah. she No, she was a housewife. That's yeah. all. Yeah, mm-hmm. no kids or anything. So, they're, um, they have a house, not a housekeeper, they have, well, they do have a housekeeper played by Ann Esther mm-hmm. from fucking Sanford and Son. I was like, holy Wanda shit. Wanda Page. Yeah. Easily the biggest star in this movie. Yeah. The big- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is. Yes. She is. Yes. <laughs> She's in this movie for a few scenes, and then there's a, a gardener in the in the movie too, 
and he is totally leering at her through the windows in the morning because she's getting coffee and she has her uh, her robe and nighty on and her breasts are almost showing so this guy is keeps looking through the window and finally he goes in and he's like hey can i have some coffee and he's Super totally gross. leering at yeah. her and, and she's not having it so she gives him the coffee and leads him outside and he goes out still leering at her he starts he starts chopping at like a a, a stump of a tree yeah trying to get it's like, well you need like one of those excavation things to right. get one of those out you're just wasting your time dude or you're wasting their money so right i said i don't know how to extract a stump but i know that's not how you do it no and he was there all <laughs> he's there all fucking day trying to do yeah. that so anyway he's out there and all of a sudden like well she's totally checking him out through the windows through like the back doors there's like they have a bunch of those like window doors to the back of their mansion yeah i have a question mm-hmm. for you when he comes in, and at first for coffee, mm. she seems like legitimately scared of right. him. But then when he leaves, and she, well, I mean, we'll get there. So, do you think that she knows that she's being possessed by a demon or not? She seems pretty unaware of it at this point. But then she seems pretty mm. calculating with this guy. I think it takes over. Okay. It takes over her from that point on. Okay. Uh, I don't think it really took over her when she blew up the car, but at that point, I, I believe it did. So the the uh, landscape dude sees like uh, doors inside uh, on the outside of the house are moving all at the same right. time. He's like freaking out, like what the fuck's going mm-hmm. on? So he goes back up and he goes to talk to her, and she's acting completely different. Like right. she's kind of mean to him, and he's like, "Are you okay? You know, is everything all right?" And he's like. Do you want more coffee? If not, get back to work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then he gets back to work. But then she starts fucking with him even more. On her balcony, she just, like, taken a shower. Right. And then she comes out on her balcony, and she's wearing a towel, and then she goes there, and she's looking at him. He looks up. He's totally leering at her again. She takes her top off a little bit. And she sees her breasts, and he's like, oh, shit. Nothing comes of that, though. They, he doesn't, like, go upstairs and fuck her or anything. Right. He kind of just keeps doing his job. But then she comes down later at night when he's finished and is like, hey, come with me here. Let's go over here. Let's, you know, get it on. So they go, like, to this, I don't know, shed or something it's or, like, like a pool guest house. house. Pool yeah. house. Yeah, it was a pool house or garage or something. Right. And they, like, fuck on a mattress. And he's, like, talking, like, you're the best ever. I know girls and stuff. I've been with a lot. He's, like, oh, talking about so it. Gross. He was a gross dude. So <laughs> I called him the low-rent Alfred Molina, and I regret that. That is really insulting to Alfred Molina, and I am so sorry that I even said <laughs> Z-grade Molina. <laughs> so she kills him. She she brutally kills him. We don't get to see it, but like she gets one of those little hand rakes for a garden. Yeah, like the claw rake yeah, thing. Rips him apart, and then he's dead. He's gone. <laughs> so pretty much any guy who leers at her, he's fucked. Yeah. I mean, at first, that's what it was, and so I was like, oh, cool, I, I love this movie. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> and then that's not really how it played out. No. <laughs> During all this, she does go and see the psychiatrist that she's been seeing for a while. I believe it was her aunt didn't know, set up the, like, the whole doctor's yeah, appointments they with seem this. right to have known each other most for of a very life. long for yeah. 20 years yeah. he's mm-hmm. been her psychiatrist and he later on figures out that the mausoleum is actually uh 
possessed her and possessed her mother before then. Right. So that's why this is happening. And when he, the the husband gets worried about her, so he's like, hey, you should go see the doctor again. She's like, I'm fine, but I'll do it just to, you know, please you. So mm-hmm. she goes and he hypnotizes her. And then she becomes the demon. And mm-hmm. he gets to see it and he gets really worried and ends up calling another psychiatrist. Is like, hey, I need to, something to do with this. I need to help and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be the savior and whatnot. And I believe... It was either before this or after this, her aunt came by to give her the the papers for her, um, her uh, yeah. uh, whatchamacallit. The estate. Her, the estate, yeah. right. Her, after, her inheritance. I'm pretty sure, yeah, her inheritance. So right. you, she comes by and she, like in the upstairs part of the house, and she's going to give her the papers and we get to see Demon Susan again. And she's awfully ugly this time too. Or she was not even green eyes anymore. She's just like the demon face. Yeah, the green eyes look kind of stupid, but the demon face is pretty gross. I think it's not bad. It was, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It looked very much like Linnea Quigley in uh, Night of the Demons. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it looked like. And then I, after the when the credits rolled, I looked at who did the special effects. It was actually John Carl Beekler. Who you would probably know for uh, doing special, a lot of special effects for movies, and he also directed movies too. Like, he directed the Troll movie, the mm-hmm. first Troll movie, which I like a lot, which scared the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. The second one's garbage. Right. Best worst movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it the best worst movie. <laughs> it's just a movie, and it's fucking horrible. Yeah. But documentary is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, so yeah, he did Cellar Dweller. He did. Uh, Friday the 13th, Part 7. Mm-hmm. So he, and a lot of makeup, he does a lot of special effects for stuff. And it really shows in this movie. It's, the, the special effects are pretty decent. You know? Yeah, they're, they're not bad. They're way better than the movie is. <laughs> yeah, there's one where this it looks like this guy's spine is getting ripped out through his chest. That part's gross. Well, no, that was the her aunt. Oh, it's, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, the aunt. It's not a guy. Her, her, her chest aunt. ripped out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not supposed to be your spine, but it looks like a spine getting ripped out through a chest. Exactly. It's gross. So our conclusion comes <laughs> up. <laughs> her, uh, She ends up killing her husband in the bathtub. Like, mm-hmm. rips out his... It looks like his inside of his chest exploded out, like an alien got out. Yeah. And he dies in the bathtub. But the, her psychiatrist actually is our protagonist of the movie, which I thought would be the husband. Right. But the husband and the psychiatrist earlier on got together and we're like Dude, there's a problem with her and we something we need to do and he I, he kind of brushes it off a little bit he doesn't really take it as seriously because he goes home and then she ends up killing him right like they start making out like she's in the bathtub and he comes in and they start making out and everything and then he just she's fucking kills him <laughs> fool, <laughs> fool. <laughs> <laughs> but the psychiatrist goes and gets like the crown of thorns from the mausoleum or like a nearby little sepulcher or something and that's the way to extract the demon from susan and Mm -hmm. make it go back to the mausoleum to where it's supposed to be so they do that and that's pretty much it they go back to the mausoleum she buries the demon and they leave and then he the psychiatrist tells this guy who's i guess who keeps the, um, the cemetery man. The cemetery man, for the <laughs> most part, which is the same. It's just the the landscaping guy at the yeah. end. It's the same guy, and he starts cracking up. He's like, 
Because the, the psychiatrist is like, make sure no one goes in that mausoleum. Yeah. And he just starts cracking up, and that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. Like, maniacal laughter. Yeah, so, he's... Yeah, like, I dude, have he's a feeling died. he's not going to do what the psychiatrist asked no. him to do. <laughs> and who the fuck would listen to the psychiatrist anyway? Some asshole just walks by. Make sure <laughs> no... If someone went by and just told you some random shit, would you do it? No, no. man. Fuck you. <laughs> who the fuck are you, man? <laughs> Did you... Ugh. <laughs> anyway, there are seven deaths in this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot more than I thought there would be. Two breasts, but we get to see them a lot. Yeah, many, many times. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kind of got bored of seeing them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Poor you. Poor me, getting sick of the same breasts all, <laughs> all the time. I but, think that's part of what made me the weird dubbing and yes. all the boobs. Weird. Made me think it was an Italian movie. <laughs> right, and it isn't. No, no, it isn't an Italian movie. It's just uh, not well done. The and it's old too. It it's is. an old movie, and it didn't get re- restored. Yeah. Uh, we saw it on Prime, and usually Prime is really good. But I'm sure if we were to watch it on a DVD or a VHS, the quality would be even worse because yeah. Amazon does a pretty good job of upgrading their video. But this movie actually was released not too long ago for the first time on, like, Blu-ray and everything. And it sold out really quickly. Huh. So, yeah, this movie escaped me a lot. <laughs> so it's kind of a cult classic, I guess. I guess. Or did they not There's make very many copies? Are... Yeah, well, it's, yeah, I guess they didn't make too many copies okay. of it. It's not, I mean, it didn't piss me off. No, no, it's just it's a movie fine. I'll probably never see again. Yeah. It was, I'm happy I saw it, finally. Yeah. Uh, it was different from what I thought it was. But I give it a C minus. Me too. Or just a solid C. Solid eh. C. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Know. If you want to have a good MST3K time. Yes, we did. <laughs> check that out. I had some good zingers. You did. But unfortunately, this podcast, <laughs> I try not to shit on movies too much. But, uh, redeeming qualities. Um, Lawanda Page? Yes, of course. <laughs> you don't really give her Aunt anything Esther, to do. Because, yeah. <laughs> okay, she's the best character in this movie because while all this shit's going on around, she's the housekeeper, mm-hmm. she goes and checks on Susan, and when she goes to the room, there's a, like, a bunch of lights going on and weird shit, and instead of going and checking on in on her, she's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. <laughs> she gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> She's the smartest character and the biggest star. <laughs> exactly. And she she grabs all her shit and gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> that, I like that. There was The special effects were pretty cool in it. The makeup effects were good. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's a good redeeming quality. Uh, an abundance of breasts. Um, too many, you would even... No, remember. too many of the same pair. <laughs> but they're there. That's always, that's yeah. always a plus, so... Those are my redeeming qualities for this movie. And she's a beautiful woman. I'm sorry I made all the aid jokes, but 30, come on. Nobody was buying that. Yeah, I... <laughs> so, I'm 30, too. Yeah, hey, man. You know what? In this world today, you can be whatever the fuck you want. No one can tell you that. If you want to be 30, be 30. You heard about that one guy in, like, Australia or some shit, some other country. He's like a 60-year-old dude, but he wanted to be 40 years old on some dating app. And they wouldn't let him. Well, that's deceptive. So he wants to be. That's what he wants to be. He wants to be 40, be 40, man. If you want to be something, be it. You shouldn't have anyone tell you if you should be that or not. 
If you want to be a different, if you feel like you're a different gender, you should be a different gender. <laughs> so if you if you feel like you're a different race, be that different race. No, there's a difference between knowing you're different inside and wanting to be 22 years younger. This dude might feel like he's 40 years old, though. I, you don't know. I'm not getting into this. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else to add? Uh, no. See Mausoleum. It's free on Amazon Prime. Why right. Not? Check it out. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for joining us for this episode, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening.